So we've had a few guests who are UK citizens who've ended up banged up abroad. The ones that have ended up in American systems, people think America, most developed country in the world, must be easy out there. The jails are madness. They're gang infested, drug infested, corruption. It's Shawshank Redemption and all kinds of craziness going on out there. So we are so excited. Gabs has come from Camden. There's going to be a New York incarceration story, but there are many other threads and stories to Gabs's life story, which we're going to get into today. Have you got anything to add to that, John? Yeah, do you want to be known as Gabs or Us Gabs? Um, Gabs, Whatever's easier for you, to be honest. Gabs, probably. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I'm used to being called. Because we've got redemption through music, haven't we? That's going to be a theme. Yeah. So, well, thank you for coming on. My My pleasure. Yeah, let's get back to the start then. So, good. so growing up, where did you grow up? Um, I was born in Camden, raised in Camden. Born in Camden, raised in Camden, yeah. okay. And then going to school and stuff, what was that like? Um, so we, I went to two primary schools, in Cam- both in Camden, and then I went to two secondary schools, and they were both in Barnet. Barnet. Yeah. So what was it like back then in Camden? Um. I was quite sheltered, so it's like I didn't really know what was going on in my actual area till I was, say about till I got into a secondary school. But um my mum's impression of Camden, which kind of she passed into her kids, which is me, is that it was fairly rough mm. in certain parts of Camden at the time. But to be honest, I feel like that's what everywhere in life well, everywhere in London now, so yeah. And what was family life back then? Um, family life for me, um, it was just me, my mum and two of my sisters originally. And then I've got an, another sister and a, another brother, but they were in Africa. They were they were going to school in Africa at the time. And then, yeah, but they're all my half-sisters and brothers, if that makes sense. Mm, so, quite yeah. a few of you. So going on to one of your stories, you had a bit of a tough time growing up. Uh, do you want to indulge on that? Um, so I was sexually abused when I was a kid. But at the time, I wasn't aware of what it was that had happened, if that made sense. Yeah. Because I, I think I was probably about five or six years old. So it's like, you're not really going to know what's happening. But I was a kid that I never used to speak too much. I was always quite quiet, like, even if I wanted to ask something, certain things, I wouldn't ask it if I knew that it was a touchy or a hard kind of subject to bring up. But um, yeah, obviously later down in my life, something happened and I was listening to like a podcast about something and I was just, I, I just made, it hit me one day. I was just like, that happened to me as a kid. And I was just like, how could I forget something so like quite, it's quite significant. But it's just like at the time, it's like so many different things were just going on in my life. Like you're a kid, you just want to play out and you don't really want to focus on nothing that's just going to make your mind think or bring you down. You just want to play. So You probably want to bury trauma as well, don't you? Yeah, like I feel like I just pushed it to the back of my mind and I did a good job at it. How did this person come into your life? Um, I won't say that. But mm. I am aware of the person, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, my thing now is let God deal with them. 
don't deal with it yourself because <laughs> I don't want to be sitting down for a longer time. And now we interviewed the guy who showed up on his abuser's door mm. and he, he didn't go there for a violent confrontation, mm. but he did end up incarcerated over it. Yeah, that. Yeah. Sometimes avoidance is the best scenario. Yeah. So I'd say. So as, you know, five years old then, did you change? Did that change you? Like, Were you more shy? That's the thing. I was always a shy kid. Like I was proper shy to a point where like, if I had to go up on stage in school, I used to do this weird thing where it's like, I'll put my head on my shoulder. Like, Like yeah, like, yeah. And it's just like, obviously after a while, like I grew out of it, but it's just like, I remember I used to see some of my friends and like, they'll just be walking up on stage, like all calm and confident. Like, but I never really had that. So yeah, that's what I say. Would you, were you good at other subjects like maths, English, sports? Maths was my go-to. Like, I'm a numbers man and mm. sports. Is like, that's me. Well, we'll get to why you were a numbers man for a short period of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally. <laughs> but, yes. So, school life. Was there any bullying? Um, because of your shyness. Not in primary school, because I feel like I was still too young for that. Well, actually, maybe not really, but there wasn't really bullying. I think there was. There was a there was like some kids though that I did used to have issues with, but it's like because I was still going to primary school with my younger sister, like I had this thing where I used to feel like I had to be good in front of her because if I'm not, she's gonna tell my mum, and like that was my biggest worry. Like I didn't want my mum to get hear me being in trouble. Siblings are grasses. So like, <laughs> I feel like if my sister wasn't there, I would have reacted differently, but it's like I was more timid because she was there so it's like my primary school years from the start till year three is when my sister was with me year four is when she left so it's like my shell comes out a bit more and that's like my secondary primary second primary school so they got camden down as one of the most dangerous boroughs of london presently because of the (laughs) gang culture yeah what was your first like interaction with gang culture um gang culture i'd say Year seven, so I was about 11 or 12, I feel like I still had my innocence. But it's like, when I got to year eight, that's when, I don't know what clicked, but something just kind of, it's like I was more aware to what was going on outside of my old bubble, like of just innocence, if that makes sense. And then it's like, I think that's when I first joined, well, we first kind of started a gang in my school. So yeah, it was about twelve thirteen, I'd say. And was that like a gang that was involved in weed and things like that, or nah? Like that's our thing. Like my school growing up, it was kind of racist. Not like the whole school was racist, but in my year, there was a lot of um, racial tension. And it's like a lot of the white boys at the time they used to smoke cigarettes and smoke weed. So we was just like, oh, that's such like that's like a white boy thing like not to be rude or anything like not knowing like there's Bob Marley like and all these other things but we was more like that's for them so our thing was more like robberies street robberies like I grew up in the happy slap era so it's like you just you could just be sitting down randomly and someone just slapped you and it's just like (laughs) that nowadays would never happen but that's for the times it was so you started this gang with some of your friends. Yeah. 
what activities did you get up to apart from obviously the street robberies? That was our main sort of thing. That's that was our main. Like I don't think we did any other. Like maybe like yeah, just like shop robberies as well, but it wasn't really um like a higher level of crime at that time. It's just very kind of not innocent, but it's like for me when it started, I used to kind of try and stop the robberies, but it's just like as I'm growing up, I'm seeing like I haven't got my my family's not rich, so it's like how are you gonna get your own stuff? And it's just like after a while. From me seeing the people getting robbed and saying sorry, like tell my tell my friends to stop it, it's more like, nah, I need your stuff now. So it kind of, yeah, I just changed after a while. Like, were weapons used in the robberies? Nah, I no. don't think so. I don't think we ever. That's yeah, like I think like, we didn't really carry knives. Even we was like we were still good kids, but it was just a bit naughty, if that makes sense at that time. Interesting. Like there was an economic incentive. Yeah, like. What about the police? Were they on your case or were you under the radar? See, nah. I was like, I didn't get arrested until I was about probably 16, 17. But I think my first interaction with the police, I remember I was in school, I was probably like 13, 14. And it's like they're driving past, like me and my friends. And like the first time I've gone like this to them, put my my thumb up to them. And they've just driven past, like, whatever, like, cool, whatever. And then the second one's driven past. But I've gone like that. Oh. And, like, to me, it wasn't a thing. I didn't even realise that I did that. They stopped the... You just automatically Yeah, did like, that. I don't know why, like, I just stopped. I did that, like, they've stopped now. And, like, they've opened the van doors, run up to be last week, kid. It's either run or... Yeah, you might as well stay. <laughs> so I've stayed. They've dragged me in the van. And I remember, like, one of the shortest policemen I've ever seen, like, he was just hitting me on the head with his walkie-talkie. And I'm just like, you can't do that. Like, you lot are police. And he was just like, who are you going to tell? And that's when I was kind of like, yeah, I don't really respect that. Like, I was going to ask if the police were respected back then. Nah, definitely not. No. Definitely. Yeah, nah, not really. So what was your first arrest then? Um, that wasn't enough. They didn't arrest you on that. They no, just no, beat no, you no. and let you go. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I think my first arrest, one of my friends had a stolen car or something along those lines. And um, we were driving it, ended up in a police chase. And um, yeah, I think we got nicked for joyriding, but they let us go after a few, like a few months probably. So you incarcerated for a few months? No, they they locked up, um, they nicked us, but they let us go. They released us on bail. So that was just my first nicking. So how many days were you inside? No more than one day. Just didn't like the holding cells, was it? Yeah, yeah. I had I got bitten by the police dog. What? Oh, tell us how that happened. Um, so when the cars crashed, we've all got out and we've all ran in our different ways, sort of thing. And I remember hearing like, "We've got a gun, don't run." And like, I've looked back just to check if it's me, but they're not. Like, there's no police there, so I've just carried on running. And then I've seen the police dog. But bearing in mind, I'm scared. I'm scared of dogs in general. Like I don't care if it's a Chihuahua. I don't care what it is. I'm. I can't handle dogs. <laughs> so like I ran because it's a dog. But then I've kind of stopped. Like it's a dog. It's trained to catch me. Like <laughs> I can't outrun this dog. So 
I just laid on the floor and the dog just started biting up my leg. I was like, what? I thought it was going to stop or like, I thought it was going to use the leash or whatever they was doing, but it wasn't that for me. And I remember like just screaming, screaming. Like, I'm looking away from the my leg. I'm just like looking away. I was screaming. Then I turned my head around and there was like a woman in her car and her face, like, I could see the shock on her face. It just made me more scared. Like, so I just started screaming more, but. So you yeah. weren't looking at the wound? Yeah, no, 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 no. No, did, have you still got a scar to this day? I won't get you to um, get out. No, nah, they're not too big. Not too big now, but. Wow. I think like there's probably like two major ones. Oof. Yeah. What was the aftercare on that? Um, what do you mean? Did they like take take care of it for you or did you have to go to the hospital? Oh yeah, no, I went to hospital. Yeah. Um, I think I might have had an injection or something Tetanus. for it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't like injections either. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that was about it. Wow. So you got released from the holding cell. Was it a caution? Yeah, yeah. Caution. Rele- no, we got NFA. No further action. Oh, okay. Yeah. So moving on to your next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing at this time as well? Um, before my second one, mm. I was well. I used I was in full time work at a time. And then I got fired on my day off from work. Like I had a day off from work and I received the email telling me that I was no longer em- employed. What was the job? Um, some sort of administration, I think. Some sort of admin. Mm. Yeah. And was this before college? No, this is after college now. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So you went to college, obviously left school, went to college. Yeah, went to college. What did you study? Um, I studied double business I think I did like maths as well and some something else but I only got only completed the GCSEs for business and then I did an extra year doing accountancy in a different college but I ended up failing that as well (laughs) yeah yeah but you had big dreams yeah kind of like I started an, an accountancy apprenticeship that summer after I left college fully so um, that was quite good for me at the time. How did it feel to get fired on your day off? <laughs> Great. Um, to be honest, obviously there's a film called Friday, which is quite popular. Yeah. And um, one of the characters gets fired on his day off. So it's just like, <laughs> uh, I why? felt like a walking meme. Like I was just like, how has this happened to my life? Like this is mm. an actual joke. On what but, grounds did they fire you on your day off? Um, it was basically like, I, I didn't get along with somebody else in the company to be honest i don't even think it was um like a legitimate reason but i wasn't really interested in begging them or whatever like so i just kind of took it Mm. but yeah i remember it was quite a shock reading that email like (laughs) yeah definitely and so you got fired on your day off and we were getting to the point of your next arrest yeah 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 so um i've got fired and um one of my friends at the time, he was just like, do you want to come to America? Like, we can do some jobs and make some money for somebody. And I was just like, yeah, like, why not sort of thing? Like, What kind what, of jobs? Um, I think it was just like picking stuff up for people and sending certain things over or whatever. Drugs? No, 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 no. But, well, I don't know, but I don't think so. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like, I was just like, yes, why not sort of thing? Like, I haven't really got much else going on at the moment and like I think I had a little business idea where I wanted to start like a clothing brand so I was thinking if I'm if I do this little trip I can make the money to start my business and 
everything will kind of go back to normal. But um, yeah, things didn't end up like that. <laughs> there was good intentions. Yeah. <laughs> Always is. So had you been to America before at that point? You never, you never been? No. And what, what did you know about where you were going? Like what part of America? Um, so at first we went to Miami. Oh yeah, like was there for like a week. That was like, I feel like that's one of the best places in this world. Like really? it's unreal. Uh, it's unfair that people get to live there just normally. Yeah, get to a bit of partying. Yeah, yeah, literally, that's yeah. pretty pretty much what we got up to. Yeah, <laughs> and then we were went they to buzzing the, off your English accent? Yeah, no, that was like they love Cockney accents. Just like, <laughs> Did you put it on a bit more? No, nah, it was weird, like because <laughs> some people out there thought we were American, and I was just like. What part of America could I be from that? Like, they thought I was Australian because I'm a northerner. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, no, nah, like, some of them thought we was from New York and other places, but I was just like, nah, we're from London. But like, some people liked our accents. It was just whatever. Did you pull on it? No, nah, I don't think I had to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I had to at the time, but um, yeah, nah, it, was a good, it was a good holiday. <laughs> Brilliant. So where did you go after Miami? Um, we went to New York. Uh, that's where, like, the trouble like came. So who who went to Miami? Was it you and your mate? Yeah. And who did you meet in in uh, New York? Um, we didn't meet nobody. We just okay. went from Miami to New York. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. And what you had a business opportunity though in New York? Did you? Yeah, like we had to do some certain jobs for um, my friend's friend, and basically we was promised like a decent amount of change to be honest are you able to elaborate on the jobs um so basically it was just swiping like high-end goods if that makes sense from shops not like stealing them but like sweet with cards and whatnot stolen cards yeah okay well no not stolen cards dodgy cards basically oh. and um yeah that's how we got in trouble <laughs> no well bit of credit card fraud so was that the first time you'd done that was the swiping yeah. was it in New York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we getting away with it in the beginning. Um, nah, like, it's pretty much the first time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like <sighs> it was just. Oh, the first yeah. time that sucks. Literally, can you take us? Can you guide us through that day? What happened? Um, I remember like. We had a nice breakfast. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I always remember the breakfast. Yeah, a nice hotel at all. Yeah, yeah, very nice hotel. It was in Manhattan. And, um, yeah, like, we just stepped out that day. And um, we, we knew what shops we was meant to go to, whatever. How did you come to that decision about the shops? I think my friend was in contact with his friend and we knew what to do from there, basically. So I'm just going, basically, from what my friend's telling me. And um, I think, I yeah, I went into my shop first and... It worked. And I was just like, what? What this items were you getting? Like, um, high-end bags at the time. Oh, nice. Man bags. <laughs> nah, well, bags of females, actually, but <laughs> high-end ones. And um, yeah, so I've done my one and it's worked in the shop. And like, we're walking around, I think it's Fifth Avenue or Madison Avenue. One of nice. those. It's quite a, a busy place anyway. So I've done my one and my friend's about to go do his but on the way to doing his, he's speaking to his friend and they've got into a little argument on the phone and my friend's energy just changed at the time. And I was thinking, you're not really like that as a person. So whatever you've been 
saying on the phone something's triggered him so I was just like listen like we came here to do business let's just handle this put your emotions to the side sort of thing and let's just get through it my friend's just like yeah that's cool sort of thing and then he's gone in to do his one but where I think he was still a bit triggered it's like he's gone into the shop with his hat like with a cap on backwards he's got like one earphone in and it's just like if you're coming to buy a high-end good, you're going to know something about what you're looking for, if that makes sense. Nobody would be purchasing what we're purchasing without a clue. And it's just like he forgot the names of the bags and all these types of stuff. So it's like, when that's happened, I can't say this for sure, but it's like, I feel that's the reason why there was a bit of alert raised in the shop probably. Because he didn't look the part and he didn't have a clue what he was doing yeah, like, to get Chanel and Prada bags. Basically. And um, yeah, like we came out of the shop when he did his. Like they looked, they acted like everything was cool. We've come out of the shop and literally we just got like arrested on like the main road, basically. Like I think where Macy's is, and Macy's is on like Fifth Avenue or something like yeah, that. Yeah. You just got arrested there and it's just like so many different people just looking at us. <laughs> you got guns pointed at you. I was thinking, nah, this is crazy. Like, How many cups? Um, Probably about four or five, maybe. I remember like when they've ran up on us, they've told us that like, we've got guns or whatever. But my thing is, is that I'm fast in it. So <laughs> if this was the UK, I would run in it sort of thing. <laughs> but I've had to look, like I've looked back just to check if they really have guns. <laughs> I saw the shiniest guy that put my head forward like, I said, yeah, we're we actually getting arrested. <laughs> so what they like, get on the floor, hands in the air. I think they told us to put our hands up or something like that or hands on like your head or something like that. Yeah. And then, yeah, like it took us to um, the station or the holding cells for a bit. What was going through your mind at this time? <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> Literally, like, I was just like, I've ne- like, this is actual trouble. I've never been in this much trouble before. And it's like, my mum doesn't know I'm in America I've just gone here and it's like how old were you at this point um it's probably about 23 22 maybe I think around ages so you hadn't told your mum you were going to America no. and you're now on your way to the police station in New York yeah yeah shitting yourself <laughs> literally with armed cops yes you. Do they, are they always armed cops yeah, in America all, all cops always in America. yeah well so what was it like at the station um, it's kind of funny like when, when when we've walked in they're like we've got two more bodies and I was just like bodies like I'm a living human being like don't address me as a body like and I was just thinking how can they actually call us bodies like I couldn't believe it like I was like that's rude like and I think um, I can't remember what happened but I remember me and one woman got into a bit of a like disagreement like but yeah, like they sat us down in some holding cell and it was just like, um, so are you guys willing to cooperate? And I was just like, I haven't caused no trouble. Like, what do you mean? Like, I ain't had to argue. I haven't really argued with you. I haven't told you to, I ain't cussed you out or nothing like that. So I'm thinking like, I am cooperating. But then the guy was like, no, are you willing to cooperate? And when he said that, <laughs> me and my friend kind of knew what he meant. And we was just like, oh, nah. So he's just like, all right, then we're taking you to jail. We was just like, what? Like, I couldn't believe it was just such a, a quick decision sort of thing. Like, but 
Was the yeah. holding cell like those precincts you see on the TV? Like, yeah. Really quite open. Yeah, there's one, there was one other guy in the, in the pre, in the like cell bit with us smoking, like basically smoking paper. <laughs> wow. Fair. It's crazy. So are you like, from what you've described then, it was your mate who kind of his transaction, that's what they noticed. You got away with your transaction, didn't you? Yeah, because I was walking, like, after I'd done mine, we was walking around um, like the area for a bit. And I was thinking like, we should go back to the hotel to park it off. That's what I was going to ask. Well, that's what I was going to say, yeah. But my friend's like, no, like, look, everyone's like looking at you, like just from the bag, like they can tell it's something special sort of thing. So like, we just... Like, so like, you had yeah. your swag on you when they, the cops got you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so it was just like, okay, you're mm. both involved. <laughs> so wow. then you go into the main jail. Yeah, yeah. Which one was that? Um, I don't know the name of it, but I know it's some, somewhere in, like, it must be somewhere in New York. Yeah. It's definitely, yeah. Mm. So that's a New York State um, jail that you would have gone to, I imagine. Yeah, some, I think... They have prison and jail, and it's different there. Yeah, they got Rikers is the prison. Yeah. And then where, where's the place that you go to before your sentence, though? Is that... County jail. Yeah, so we was there. Yeah, yeah. They took us there. So going into the county jail, what was that like? Um, It was kind of weird. Like, I remember the, the two policemen that drove us from the actual, um, like, the holding cells, they were listening to like Bobby Smurda, French Montana, like real rap music, sort of street <laughs> rap music. And I was just thinking like, should I ask them? Like, I beg you just let us go. Like, you lot seem like mandem. Like, you lot seem like, like us. But yeah. you're just doing this for a job. <laughs> like, they're singing it word for word, everything. Like, I'm just looking at my friend like, should I ask them, can you just stop the car and let us go quickly? Like, obviously we didn't do that. But, we get to the jail now and it's just like so so many people just looking at you like you're just looking at them it was interesting when you say people you're talking about the prisoners yeah yeah yeah. yeah. so you gotta go down a corridor yeah and like we was lining up in like a long like a long wall if that makes sense at first but like where we've gone to um like buy like those um items we're dressed not we're not just like street people, if that makes sense. We're just kind and like fancy, if that makes sense, or suave. And it's just like, we don't really look like your average um, <laughs> person that's going to jail. But yeah, that was interesting. What about the strip search? Um, they just searched us up. It wasn't too bad. We didn't have to, yeah, they didn't actually strip search us, I don't think. Mm. Until, they might have done, but not straight away anyway. Definitely not straight away. So when you go into that first cell, how many people are in that? Um, so we was in like a cell with, tw there's 24 of us. And it's just like, everyone's sitting like along the outskirts. And then there's like a few people just lying down, trying to sleep in the middle. But um, yeah, that was just crazy. Cause it's just like, you think there's people pissing and like doing number twos often. Ugh. So it's just like. <laughs> what sort of characters were in there? Um, there were some funny ones. Like we kind of like made like friends with people, like just through our like our little jokes. People were like laughing at what we're laughing at as well. So it's like, all right, cool. Then after a while, we started talking to like the other individuals. But like I'd say my that twenty four man cell, 
we were fairly like quiet or reserved compared to other cells because others like you're like sometimes you might be opposite another cell with like 20 people in it and they're just loud there's bare noise you can tell there's a lot of testosterone testosterone going off in that room so it's just like yeah we're in a good place right now like at least it's calm here <laughs> we'll be asking you about your accents yeah like, it's just like where where are you lot from sort of thing like why are you here and they just couldn't believe like what <laughs> we why, why we came here like <laughs> what was the food like in there um it wasn't too bad you know i remember like their meatloaf was banging <laughs> it was banging like their chicken was was very good i couldn't believe it like, i was like raw this is gel like, <laughs> this is interesting but apart from that like it wasn't too great to be honest no and like we didn't get much food as well so that was another thing how was it divided racially the inmate population because in Arizona, it's like the f- there's four major racial categories. Um, so for me, I'd say it was blacks. Then you have like Latinos. There was, what was it? There's like your mix of just right randomers. And then there's like another group, but I'm trying to think. I can't remember off the top of my head. Wasn't the Aryan Brotherhood? Maybe, maybe, but maybe we didn't come across many of them where we was. Mm. But yeah, probably is that actually. (laughs) (laughs) Sean encountered a few of them, didn't he? Yeah. Did you see any disputes? Um, See, my my wing was quite calm, but the opposite wing, there was like one time when it kicked off and it's just like, it was apparently like the person fighting was apparently like the big gay guy on their wing. And like when I saw how big he was, I couldn't believe it like, he was bigger than the frame of the door that I could see him through. I was just like, say nothing. Like, that's the big gay guy. I'm leaving him alone. <laughs> but we never interacted anyway. So, yeah. But my wing was pretty calm. So, talk me through the prison. So, you've got 24 in a cell. How many cells are there, roughly? Because you said so about basically, the wing. Before, like, as we, as we were lining up, they've started bunching us up into cells and we got like transferred from cell to cell to cell until we actually got into like the actual jail. I so think like you've got to see a judge as well haven't you yeah yeah, yeah. So is that the part where you see the judge here yeah but that's after I've been on that long queue of people been in the 24 cell yeah, getting, a same, a bit closer, getting a bit closer yeah. and then um, eventually we got our own cells though that was in the prison yeah 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 so how long were you in the jail for Um, in total not too long luckily it was only two weeks but I think it was only like halfway through when we knew that we was coming out. If that makes sense. What was it like seeing the judge? Um, I wasn't too faced to be honest. Like, I've seen judges here in the UK. So it was kind of like just following procedure. I think I had to do the oath and um, read out something. I don't know. But um, I remember the person representing me, he made like the biggest error. And I was just like, you just messed this up for me. Like, in what sense? He, um, so he's trying to appeal for me to get re- like released on some sort of bail where I, I'm assuming it's bail anyway, but he said to them like, he's got his own cards where he can um, support himself. And I'm just thinking, if I'm here for like fraud, don't say nothing about cards. Like keep that, like that's the last thing you need, to, they need to hear. And as soon as he said that, I just looked at him like, you're a waste, man. Like I'm, I'm good. Like he's not releasing me today. So yeah. Wow. 
And what was your sentence? Um, so I think it was like false impersonation and there was one other charge. But I remember like the category of the charge is like grand larceny. And like, I've only heard about that in like rap songs previously. But when I saw it, I was like, this is what they were talking about. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking this is a bit worse than I thought. But um, yeah, that was about it. And how long was your sentence? Um, so basically once I was there for about a week, I think my lawyer or my representative came to see me and he's like, I've made a, a deal with the judge. So if you spend one more week here and you pay a fine, then we'll call it time served. And I think after like two years, the charge gets um, downgraded from like a grand larceny to a misdemeanor. See, that seems a bit pointless locking someone up for, with the taxpayer's money for a week. Yeah. What about having to tell your mum? <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I still ain't told her. <laughs> oh. um, Hi, mum. <laughs> yeah, like, I just told her I was, I'm in America, like when I got out sort of thing. Yeah. I just told her I was there on a holiday. Sort she of didn't thing. try to get hold of you? No, nah, like we have that relationship where it's like we might not speak for like a month maybe at those times because mm. we haven't always had the best relationship. So, yeah. um, Didn't they put a deportation order on you? To be honest, at first we was—I was just praying to get like extradited back to the UK. Yeah. I just wanted to be in the UK, <laughs> but um, nah, that didn't come for us. They released you back into New York. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of that. Arizona, right away, deportation order. Like, do your sentence. Bam, you get handcuffed, put on a plane. Yeah, nah. So they and released it, you back into New York. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of crazy because when we've got our stuff, like our items that we got nicked with they've given us back the fraudulent cards. No. <laughs> and they've kept our headphones as evidence. No. And I was just like, this, this country Did you get the bags is... back? That would have been a <laughs> But um, yeah, like I couldn't believe it. I was like, how are you going to keep the headphones but you're giving me back the that actual either. cards? That's crazy. Like, this country Madness. is Madness. <laughs> So did anyone sweat you during your stint? Um, nah. So... Obviously, we've all seen like what we think American jails are like through like TV shows and whatnot. But to be honest, most people that we met, they pretty much just loved us because we was from London. Like, they've <laughs> never seen anyone from London. Like they're trying to do their best British accents. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, but yeah, like it's pretty. It's pretty good. What about going to the showers? Were you apprehensive at first? To be honest, I think. I think I only ended up having one shower because, yeah, there was like, I, for me, I don't know what happened, but it's like, they only gave me one shower time <laughs> mm. in my stay there. So you we have to, we you only have, have do, one time to play out in like the yard as well. So you have to do bird baths then? <laughs> nah, really, there was like, you're in your inset yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. But not properly, like. Because <laughs> you were in a cell on your own for the last week, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. What was it like in there? Um, that was all right, to be honest. Like, you got your pri your privacy, got your little window. I remember looking at like I used to stare at my window, and it's like I remember seeing one guy, and I was just like, he. I bet this guy doesn't know there's someone looking at him that wishes that <laughs> he could be. I wish I wish that could be him. Mm -hmm. I was just like, you don't know how lucky you are to be free. Oh, because you could see out in the streets of New York. Yeah, yeah, like a little gap, like I could see a little bit. And it's like, I remember just staring at people like, I wish I could be you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were you were there a week. Did you see any fights? Um, not really. Like sometimes like 
voices will get raised, but it wasn't, we didn't actually see any fights on our wing. But as I said, it was only on the other side where we saw one like, one big fight. That what guards that? were getting hit as well. That was with the, um, the gay guy. I think he had a dispute with somebody. And literally, when we've looked over, like guards are just like, getting hit. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Wow. What about drugs in the prison? Um, from what I knew, they had it pretty well locked down. Like there was nobody smoking. Wow. Like nobody. If you if there was, <laughs> like you have to salute that person for how they got it in because <laughs> they were moving very um <laughs> serious. Like and it's like when I'm telling them about like UK life, they're like you have TVs in your in your cell. They couldn't believe it. Like they could not believe it. But so, it's different for them. Makes us look like a walk in the park, doesn't it? Did the UK yeah, em- it kind of is though. Mm. It kind of is. Did the UK embassy get involved? No. No. They literally just let us out and then like, we just came home. <laughs> came straight home. Yeah, yeah. I think it was there for like a few a day or two and came back. But to flight back. Yeah. So what did you do when you got back? Apart from not tell your mum? Um, so literally that was just like me sort of building back from like scratch, if that makes sense. So I think after all, I think at the time I was selling things, but because we'd been away for a little while, it's like that had kind of kind of gone a bit flat. So it's like I started looking for a job, and I think I got I think I got back into work like after a few months, I'd say. Mm. But yeah, I think it was just working. Working, yeah, yeah. What was it like coming back to UK artists in New York? You didn't want to do any of the dealing? Um, no, nah, it was just like, it's it time to off? sort my life out sort of yeah. thing. Like, I remember obviously I was praying a lot when I was in the jail, in the cell, like for another chance and just to be free and whatnot. So it was just like, let me try and do something kind of positive. Yeah. So yeah, I just went back into work at the time. Were people trying to get you back into the lifestyle? Um, no, nah, not really. Like I've always been, like everything I do, kind of like uh, it's on my say so, isn't it? So it's not really forced upon me, if that makes sense. Yeah. But, um, I feel like op- probably a few friends offered like offered me opportunities, but I think I did stay at work for a little while. Wow. Did any of your friends go around uh, down a terrible path? Um. Yeah, like I've had a few friends in jail over the years and whatnot. But that's mainly like drug related offences and whatnot. I've had a friend, um, he's been like deported. So um yeah, that's about it. Yeah. No. What did he get deported for? Um I think like, his arrest was like selling drugs, but they've deported him to his country even though he's been there since like three months old. But they've shipped him back to his country at the time, so I think it's a bit of an injustice. But at the time, at the same time as well, I think he doesn't want to be on like a, a a license for the rest of his life here. So he's kind of just accepted it as well. That's uh Yeah. So were you able to stay on the straight and narrow or did more drama happen? Um, I was, I did for a bit. And then, um, yeah, I feel like I fell, um, back into trouble if that makes sense mm. what was the first trouble 
Um, so at the time, I say it's probably like friend situations with other people, and it's like sometimes you'll get caught up in it and whatnot, and then now you've kind of got problems with this person and that person. But it's just like my thing has never really been like beef. If I make sense, it's like I always see a bigger picture, and it's like if we're not really making money, I don't really care about like these little um, scenarios. But at the same time, it's like the people that are kind of going against you, they're kind of serious. So you have to be on like on point because it's like I've had times when I'm going to see my friend and it's like I've got people chasing me with knives as I'm going to see my friend on that estate. So it's just like... Because you've got a story about getting stabbed in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Can we go through that day? Um, so Start to finish. That day, it was literally, it was quite uh, a normal Friday night. I met with one, I met up with one of my friends and like we was drinking before we was going out, pre-drinking. And I think we had quite a bit to drink. But we went to a club in Camden, which is where I'm from, obviously. And um, I don't know what happened, but from what I've been told, the last thing I can remember is being on the dance floor. I don't remember nothing else. I just woke up and like, I was just in hospital. But um, what's been told to me is that obviously I got stabbed in the face, but like it's over here on like my jawline. So it's kind of in the perfect place because not many people see it unless you are really staring at it. But um, yeah, like I think I was with somebody's girl and when we came out of the club, her boyfriend was there with his friends and I'm just talking nonsense because I'm drunk. And um, yeah, like obviously we've gone around the corner and um, obviously I got stabbed in the face. But apparently like after I got stabbed, my head hit the floor. So apparently I think that's probably why I don't remember Concussion. anything that happened at night because I was just out cold that. Mm. And so was it the girl's boyfriend who did it? Um, to be honest, I don't know you who don't know. it was. Like To be honest, it could be a girl. It, like, it could be a guy, I don't know. But I think um, I wanted to see see the CCTV at the time. And like the police were like, for you to see the, um, the CCTV, you've got to press charges. And obviously that wasn't really my thing. So I was just like, I'm going to let it slide sort of thing. Wow. And how long were you in hospital for? Um, I came out like the next day. I think I had about 20 stitches there and about like eight stitches just over here. Ooh, wow. But um, I remember like, when I woke up in the hospital, I was just like, what am I doing here sort of thing? And the guy was like, you've been stabbed. And I was like, what? Like, I was just like, I don't get stabbed in it. Like, and he just brought a mirror to my face. Like, I was like, to my face? I was like, what? I couldn't believe it. Like, and I saw it. I was like, oh my God. I couldn't believe it. Like, then I started seeing my friends and my family there. I was just like, I actually got stabbed, you know? Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, were and your then, friends and family there because they were told that you might not make it? I don't even know, but like, I know my family, they're like, they obviously getting stabbed is serious, but they're not used to that kind of thing. So anytime they hear something stabbing or something, they're going to be, they were on edge. Mm. They were on edge at the time. 
Were you still active then when you got stabbed? Um, nah, this, that, the stabbing actually happened before I went on that trip to, to America. Because I remember, yeah, I think I was still working that same job that I got fired on my day off at. Yeah. Well, lucky, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the best. <laughs> Did that make you think that you needed to carry a weapon to protect yourself in case anything else happened? Not really, like, not really that like, I've I've carried weapons at times, but um I wasn't like a person that would always have a, a knife on me or something like that. Mm. But like from what my friends have told me, like they were just like Gab's like you you kinda just acted like it was normal, like you were still out the next day sort of thing, like you still like just chilling normally, like as if nothing happened. But I was just like, What am I gonna like what what do I act like? I'm not gonna act all feeble and uh, if I feel okay, I feel okay, innit? So, I mean, yeah. how common are stabbings like that or were back then? Um, I think getting stabbed is quite, I think it, I think it was quite common, but I think now the younger generation, it's more like, it's, it's, it's a lot more common. Mm. <laughs> it's a lot more common. Rife knife crime in London, isn't it? So, yeah, like, I feel like what goes around comes around as well, which is kind of why, like, when um, the police are saying, like, press charges and whatnot, it's kind of like, if you've done badness in your life, sometimes things come back to you for a reason, innit? And it's just like, I saw it as, because I'm still breathing, I don't need to press charges, but just just be thankful that I'm still here, innit? So when, it, obviously, you didn't press charges then, were you not looking over your shoulder in case might come and finish the job off um so that's the funny thing actually because it's like i remember when it happened to me i might be like on the tube going to work or something and someone should be staring at me hard like i'm thinking what the fuck is this person staring at that like, are you nuts like bro you're like for me to feel uncomfortable you're taking a piss stop staring at me and then like, I'll realise like, oh shit it's because you got a scar like yeah. and I for, I, I for a while like it took me a while to kind of remember like, yo, you got stabbed, you know, there's a scar on your face and like, it's less healed now. Well, it was less healed at the time than it is now, isn't it? So yeah, I think like people were just like, rah, like sort of thing. You've been through something. <laughs> what was the next drama you got in after you came back from New York? Um, The next drama, I'd say, there was, I think it happened well, there was a time when I was selling like harder things on, on the street, but that was a bit before um, my American trip, if that makes sense. But it's like, I remember I'm meeting certain of some of my friends and like some people sell weed and some people sell like stronger drugs, if that makes sense. And like the way I used to see things is like, weed isn't really that bad, but like, the other stuff, you're kind of killing people, in it? To a certain degree. And it's like, I remember when I've left my accountancy a job, because I used to see that as jail, I was just like, I'm willing to kind of go jail, like for a, um, for a better reward, shall I say. And it's just like, after a while, seeing my friends doing what they're doing, you're, I feel like most people are kind of, of going to be 
what their friends are on it as well. Eventually, like even if you aren't really on it, you might. It's like a subconscious peer pressure. But it's just like, after a while, it's just like yeah, like I need to get involved now. So then, I remember I'm going to like different places around London. Well, some places in London, some places just outside of London. And it's like I'm having, I'm bumping into, I'm getting into a bit of trouble with the police out there. So it's like certain, sometimes they might be popping up on me, might be getting arrested there. They're telling me like, with the phone you have, we know what you're kind of doing. If we see you here again, you're going to be in trouble. And it's just like, I was always quite good with my words. So it's like, I always felt like I, like I use that to my advantage a lot of the times because it's like, I remember one time a, like a policeman, he's waiting for me underneath the block where I'm controlling whatever I'm controlling. And it's just like, he's hopped out on me and I've ran and I've tried to get into the like the estate bit. But as I've got to the door, the door's just shut. So I'm just like, no. like. And as he's took me to his car, he started like, um, he's got me like cuffed and whatnot. And he's just asking me different questions. And he's just like, why did you run? And I was just like, I'm sorry, but like you, you startled me. And it's just like, I knew me saying startled to him, people that aren't on the road, like people that are street, they don't talk like that. Mm. But it's like, where I've been in an accountancy firm, I kind of know how to talk nice and I know how to talk how I normally talk. So it's just like, I, I used to get into bits of trouble with them, but like I always used to kind of make it out. <laughs> like it wasn't, I feel like I, if I was there for a bit longer, I would have got um, that serious jail time. Mm. But it's like one thing I'm thankful for is like I knew when to like lay low. Like I knew I was getting a bit hot now. It's time to find something else to do in life. So yeah, that's what I kind of had to do. But um, it was very close and sticky situations those times. Mm. What are the signs in place to? show you that you, they're hot and on to you, I guess? Um, well, if what you're, sort of if, things do you start to notice? So, like, if you're going to certain places, you might notice um, police waiting at, like, the train station where you normally pop out. But obviously, I might have somebody on the phone t- giving me the heads up already. So, certain things like that. Then it'll be, like, police come to the estate where you are. You just might be looking... And then for me, I remember that one of my final times is that I left the police station because I got a chase from them. I ran off. I think I had like one one thing on me (laughs) and I've I've just dug it into the ground and like planted it up or whatever. I let them arrest me. But that time there, when I left the station, it was just like, we've had your phone for the last like so, so and so hours. We've nicked you with this amount of money. If we see you again here, like we're on to you. So and when you said you that to me, I was just like, yeah. Yeah. They know like you got lucky today. So yeah. Well, you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Did you lose any of your mates? Like, did any of them get killed or anything? Um none of none of my direct friends have. I've had friends of friends, still quite close. I've had I'll say two of them that I can say off the top of their head, they've lost their life. I think both to knives as well. So, yeah. 
knife crime. Stuff from like rival gangs or yeah, yeah, talking to the wrong girlfriend. Or... Mm. No, no, no. <laughs> I think it's more, um, more rival gang stuff. Rival gang stuff. Yeah. What, wow. what What do you think is the solution or that could reduce knife crime? Um, to be honest, I feel like it's kind of got to be like the parents, the way they grow them up. Because it's like, for me, actually, it's my, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to give the counter side to it. But I feel like it is the parents and the way you, like you are grown up to a certain degree, like what you're exposed to seeing and like the, act- the activities you do. But it's like, for me as well, my mum really did a good job at hiding that stuff from me. And it's like, I feel maybe when I got a bit more freedom, I just fell more in love with badness. So it's like, even though my mum did raise me right, what did that help? Because you still carry knives, you still use knives, you've still been in trouble with family since. So I don't, I feel like parents though, they do play a big part. And I'd say um, for me, the biggest thing but not many people want to hear it nowadays, is God. Because it's like, I feel I was raised in the church as a kid. And it's like, I remember one time, one of my friends, his little cousin was um, in in a little situation. And we was going to go up to the situation and kind of like handle it for, um, for his cousin. But it's just like, I remember thinking to myself like, if I do what we're meant to do, like this is like a big sin. Like it's not, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a big type of sin. So it's like, that's the only thing that would kind of give me a bit of hesitancy to really just be bad, if that makes sense. Cause it's like, I grew, I grew up in church and I used to ask them like, if somebody likes being bad, what do you, what do you do? And they could never really answer me like, cause I used to think like, if I'm robbing people Monday to Friday and I'm coming to church on the weekend, it doesn't really add up. Like, so what do I like? Would you advise for people like me? And it's like, I feel like the way um, the Bible is presented to people nowadays, it's, um, it's lost its true meaning, if that makes sense. So I feel like people just brush it aside. But I believe that, that is the one truth that is in this world at the moment. And I feel like if people really understood what the message was, they would realize that when we die in this physical realm, like your spirit is going to live on. And it's like, if you're not living correct, you're going to end up in a bad place. Like I feel like there's going to be consequences for how you live your life on this earth. And for me, having like, evil thoughts in my mind previously compared to now I know that it could only be God that could make me not have like hatred for random people because like now I just want people to win I don't care if I know you or not whatever you're doing I hope it goes well like I hope it goes well but for me I think the only way to help the kids is God but it's how you get them to listen to the message what about the government? Do you think the government should give young people more things? Because they like close down a lot of youth centres and stuff, give them things to do so they're not running around the streets. I think like, I wouldn't say youth clubs, but I would definitely say like activities. And I feel like, because it's like, 
growing up for me, youth clubs for me were like, if you had a problem with a certain gang or a certain area, you know where they are now. You know they're at their youth club. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it used to kind of make things a bit easier. But um, I'd say if you really give a kid like an activity to go to and like you taught him about life, then I feel like that might deter people from going down the wrong way to a certain degree. So when did you find your spirituality? Um, Was it from your younger days in church? So I feel like I've always had the seeds planted there because it's like my mum loves church. My name's Gabriel, so you can imagine yeah. she's she's on it. <laughs> hmm. And um, I, as you could tell, like when I used to grow up, I used to ask them like, I don't, I like being bad, so what do I do? They never had the answers for me. So I feel like I had to go off into the world and experience like the evil things and dibble and dabble here and there just to see what it's actually like. Mm. And it's just like, there was a time when I actually loved like how I was living. I was none the wiser, but um, I was working a particular job and like, the job I was doing, it allowed me to like be on YouTube whilst I'm working away. So I was like, this is cool, like whatever. I like football. Always used to listen to football podcasts all the time. And then one week, it's like I'd listen to everything. And I was just sitting there. I was just like, nah, this is crazy. Like I need something long that I can listen to. And um, I typed in the dangers of technology and literally... I saw so many different videos that I had never seen before. I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is, like, this is crazy. Like, and it's like, as I'm studying the videos, I'm seeing like technology is, is killing people, you know? Like, in what sense? In the sense of like stuff like radiation, blue light. Um, pardon? Blue light. Yeah, like all these types of things. I don't think. Like stuff like cancer, I believe in the nineties and before it was less common than after the two thousands. And it's just like for me, I feel like the one thing that I noticed that changed is like the amount of electrical appliances you have in your house. I feel like it's increased a lot since two thousand. So it's unnatural, isn't it? On yeah, the human like, body to be around all that. Yeah. Not going to get a Tesla anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got theory on Tesla cars. <laughs> it's probably a violation of community guidelines. They're wonderful cars. How, how did um, what about how did you find your music, your musical spirit? Um, so, music. At first, I started off doing like spoken word sort of thing, and um, like it got quite a good feat, um, like got quite general like good general feedback but it's like I felt like this was like around the times of the lockdowns and um I remember thinking to myself like the youth or I think I heard it somewhere but it's like the youth are the ones that always lead revolutions and it's just like I was thinking to myself how can I get like the youth to list to like think about things that I used to think about when I was just starting to know what's going on in the world so I was just like for this kind of cause I will rap in it because it's just like I've had opportunities to make music before but it was never really for like you know I never really put it out there properly or be serious with it and I used to feel like 
with the topics I was talking about or going to be talking about, it's just your typical like low frequency kind of things like selling drugs, um, degrading women and um, whatnot. So it's like, I felt for this cause is such a good cause. I believe in it. I'm actually like try and make some music about it. And yeah, it's just gone from there. So have you been writing for years or is this nah, quite recent? It's all started since about two years ago. Yeah. You just woke up one day and thought, I'm going to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think actually I went to a protest and I saw one um I saw one woman just like she wrote like a speech or a poem or whatever. I was just like the words were so powerful. I was like, nah, this is this is deep, you know, like this is some serious stuff she's talking about that. Like. And from there, I remember I went and just I started writing down lyrics like from time to time. Just writing down lyrics. And then yeah, I just like, made a video and like just keep it going sort of thing <laughs> brilliant so you're enjoying it more importantly um to be honest I don't it's not really about enjoying it for me it's more just to like <clears throat> it's more just to like wake people up to what's going on in the world and things that get hidden in mainstream media is to kind of shed a light on those things because I know in my generation when I first found out about certain um technologies i won't go to i won't say the names i know what you're talking about but um i remember going to i was on the block with my brethren's or my friends and like i'm talking to them about it and they're just like gabs you're crazy like they're kind of laughing me off a bit but like months down the line i've gone back to my friend's house and like one of his friends is there but he knows about this technology that i'm talking about and like we're having such a deep conversation like everyone else in the house is just listening to us talk about this, but they don't understand what we're really talking about, but they know that this is important to us. And it's just like, yeah, like from people kind of like dismissing it, my friends really kind of like listen to what I'm saying. And I feel like most people wouldn't accept so, expect someone that's on the streets or even like not leg- living a legitimate lifestyle. They wouldn't think that they care about what's going on in the world. But if you knew how much it affects you, I think a lot of people would. But there's just so many distractions, social media, so many different things to keep you from really focusing on what's important in life. Definitely. How can people find your stuff? Um, So pretty much everything is just Ask Gabs. Literally, I'm on YouTube. My, my YouTube channel is Ask Gabs. I'm on Spotify with Ask Gabs. I'm on Instagram, Ask Gabs. So, yeah. So, they Ask Gabs. Yeah, yeah. Clever. <laughs> 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 so, all the links will be in the description box below the video. If you want to check out Gabs's music, subscribe to his channel or follow him. Or if you'd like some organic cotton clothing, you know where to go. Cheers. Thanks for watching. Cheers. Cheers. All right, Gabs. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, well done, man. Yes, thank you. It's pleasure. Yeah. Here at Boomer and Jen, we offer a wide range of organic or recycled clothing. We all know our planet is important. We only have this one. So it's vital that we all work together to slow down and reverse the changes to the environment. Whilst we all know that big industry are having a significant effect on pollution, here at Boomer and Gen, we believe that if we all make small changes, we can do our part. 
fast fashion causes detrimental effects to the planet. Not only is nearly 20% of global wastewater produced by the fast fashion industry, but there is a considerable amount of fast fashion ending up in landfill. So let's move away from fast fashion items that are only worn once or twice and start wearing extremely comfortable, durable and environmentally friendly clothing and ethical jewellery. Boomer and Jen was founded in a quiet town in Devon in 2018. It has now gone from strength to strength as the world is becoming more aware of the current climate situation, helping our customers to buy sustainable, quality clothing. All of our products are fair trade and registered with the Global Organic Textiles Standard Association. Check us out on organic cotton clothing dot co dot uk